edition of the Baked and Awake podcast. At the time of this recording, it's December 17th, 2019, and I thank you for joining me again today. I want to bring you a couple of interesting news stories that I found by way of, I think it was slash dot in both cases in this case, um, but that I found super interesting and I thought I might share with you. The first one's actual source is the San Diego Union Tribune, so I'm at their online presence here. This is posted to their environment section. Uh, fairly recently, December 15th, by Joshua Emerson Smith. I won't read the whole article, but I'm going to read you the highlights of this article that's entitled California's High Voltage Battle Between Utilities and Rooftop Solar Could Impact Electric Bills. So that title, of course, says a lot already, but here we go. Utilities say rooftops, solar customers aren't paying their fair share. Advocates say power providers are trying to undermine clean energy. A battle over where California will get its renewable power is poised to heat up in coming months. As the thriving rooftop solar industry faces off with the state's most powerful electric utilities. At stake is the extent to which solar power will be generated atop homes and businesses as opposed to using massive solar arrays in the desert and other remote locations. Experts say the outcome could dramatically influence the cost of power in the state and, by extension, the speed at which residents adopt electric appliances and cars. Ratcheting up the tension, private purchases of solar panels have outpaced expectations over the last decade. Former Governors Jerry Brown and Arnold Schwarzenegger celebrated this week the installation of a million solar roofs across the state. We always have big goals here in California, and we go after it and build it, Schwarzenegger said Thursday at a press event in the Central Valley. Advocates said, the milestone has come despite escalating efforts by utilities to undermine rooftop solar installations. They said those attacks include everything from hefty fees on ratepayers to calling for dramatic cuts to the credits residents receive for generating energy from the sun. So I'm going to jump in with a tiny bit of commentary there. We've seen the writing on the wall for this for years already. I do believe the tax credits that you get for purchasing a new hybrid or electric car are less in many cases than they were just a few years ago. Not entirely unexpected that you would see this response from the industry, the more traditional side of the grid, which has trouble figuring out how to make up for profits that are not all directly tied to their own infrastructure, um, their own cost of operations that they you know, might otherwise like to charge customers more for. It's tough to do that with the solar customer who's invested in significant infrastructure for their own home, maybe even power storage. In some cases, depending on where you live, you're either allowed to store power on property or not. You might need to broker it back to the grid. We've seen this, you know, developing for years in this space. Seattle also installs a lot of solar on residential homes. 
I don't know how we really compare to California in that way. Obviously, a much smaller state population, period. So uh, I doubt we're at 1 million solar rooftops yet, as California recently celebrated. Let's back to the article for a moment, though. Electricity providers across the state, from San Diego Gas and Electric and Redding Electric Utility, have said they're not against rooftop solar in principle. However, power companies have acknowledged their efforts to claw back money from residents with solar panels, arguing that the state's program to compensate owners of rooftop solar, known as net metering, has resulted in higher rates for everyone else. This I have a hard time believing, and I find it disingenuous, because it's a matter of the way they want to build other customers, right? The long-term, here we go, the long-term implications for our non-solar customers are serious because they will continue to see annual bill increases due to the solar subsidy, said SDG&E spokesman Wes Jones. So to skip down just a little bit, they say here, advocates have said that utilities are exaggerating the challenges that rooftop solar creates, downplaying the value it adds to the overall system. I tend to agree with that. Here's the, the relevant quote from them, uh, from advocates. <laughs> they trot out this cost-shifting argument that looks on the face of it like they care about equity, but really the opposite is true, said David Rosenfeld, executive director of the Solar Rights Alliance. It's a great name. A new consumer rights group funded by ratepayers and rooftop solar companies. If you do the numbers right, solar is contributing to a reduction in the cost of operating the electricity grid now and in the future. So, they go a lot further with this article, and I'm not going to read the whole article here for you guys. I'll provide the link in the show notes today. Uh, I, I just see this as, you know, not that surprising, but like file under disappointed, but not surprised. Um, something to keep keep a look at. We'll, we'll continue looking at solar. I, I, I always found it interesting. We talk about it here at the house sometimes as potentially something we might like to try in the future. Uh, certainly, we have Solterra and a couple other companies that are doing installs here in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, a few years ago when we looked into it, we weren't ready to pull the trigger then, but I wonder if costs have come down on solar roofs and then what Washington does for their customers, uh, you know, who we're under. I don't know if we're under Seattle City Light or who are uh, Seattle Public Utilities, who that bill comes from. Anyway, what maybe I'll look into that personally and see what that picture looks like for us as Washingtonians, Western Washingtonians, uh, and, and doing solar here, and you know how that might work out for us versus these customers in California, who probably are still net in a better position for having their solar roofs, but this is an assault. You know, It's a bit of a chipping away of the value that they uh, are able to extract back out of the investment that they made in their solar roofs. So that was the San Diego Union Tribune. Just a few highlights from that article. Um, definitely check that story out in full by reading the show notes to the, to the episode here today. Uh, next up, let's, let's puff together 
I'm going to smoke one of my joints out of my beautiful uh, 3D printed Baked and Wake joint caddy that my friend JJ made for me um, just the other day on like no warning whatsoever. I just hit him up like, hey buddy, you want to print something for me? And like eight hours later, I had an amazing joint caddy that holds 10 joints. It's branded Baked and Awake. It's in color changing green to yellow filament, which is amazing. Uh, changes color with your body heat. And uh, JJ just, you know, has been supplying me with cool Baked and Awake swag for, well, better part of a year now. Uh, as a matter of fact, get in touch with me. Email me at talktous at bakedandawake.com. And if you email me with your address, I'll try to get you guys out one of my Baked and Awake lighter koozies, which are also unique 3D printed. Some of them are going to be glow in the dark. Some of them are going to be that color change, green to yellow. And if you're really, really lucky, you never know, you might get one that's in Fight Club Pink. So uh, talk to us at bakedandawake.com. If you want to fuck around with something like that, we'll see if we can't help you out. Uh, but yeah. I'm going to smoke one and read a story that I found in Bloomberg. Good old Bloomberg. Is Bloomberg information television still a thing? Like back in the day? Back in the 80s or 90s, Bloomberg information television was like foreshadowing the look of all these ticker happy business channels that you see up on the higher numbers on cable TV and satellite. Anyway, you guys know Bloomberg. So, this is an interesting story, though. This is, this is definitely baked in wake fodder. Posted yesterday, December 16th, 2019. Let's make sure we're recording. Looking good. Will Wade and Jonathan Tyrone are the contributors for this story to Bloomberg, entitled... Bezos-backed fusion startup raises $100 million for demo system. So we'll read as much of this as we need to to understand it. It's not a horribly long article. A nuclear fusion startup backed by billionaire Jeff Bezos raised more than $100 million to help design and build a demonstration power plant. The company lined up $65 million in Series E financing led by Singapore's Temasek Holdings PTE and is getting another $38 million from Canada's Strategic Innovation Fund. General Fusion Inc. said in a $65 million in a $65 million of Series E financing class terminal news story da 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 statement is basically a link to this story that that's their the link to their statement on Monday it's now attracted more than 200 million dollars in financing so now additional financing comes piling in never mind that Bezos could fund this out of his actual pockets but interesting spreading that wealth around a little bit to Singapore and Canada Canada-based General Fusion is one of about two dozen companies seeking to commercialize nuclear fusion technology so they're seeking to commercialize fusion. So anybody who tells you fusion isn't a thing, and I'm not talking about cold fusion, but you know, fusion period, that nuclear fusion isn't a thing or a tech, they're a little behind. 
They don't know exactly where things have gotten to now. They're commercializing nuclear fusion technology now is what they're trying to do. It relies on the same process that powers stars, generating huge amounts of energy by fusing small atoms into larger ones. While it holds out the promise of cheap, carbon-free energy, researchers have been working for decades to overcome significant technical hurdles. The world is pivoting toward fusion as the necessary complement to other technologies which collectively will enable the carbon-free energy future we all need, Chief Executive Officer Christopher Mowry said in a statement. So it looks like there is a international effort that these guys are trying to, you know, like a uh, public sector effort that these guys are trying to beat to market or beat to generating power. There, there's a 35-nation, $25 billion tokamak fusion reactor known as ITER, ITER. Collaborators on that facility, the largest research project in history, have been laboring on a giant, gigantic demonstration reactor in France since 2010. Conventional nuclear power plants use a different technology, fission, which generates as a large, unstable nucleus is split into smaller elements. Unlike fusion systems, they also produce deadly radioactive waste. The financing round was led by Temasek and joined by existing investors, including Bezos Expeditions and Chrysalix Venture Capital. They report this pretty dryly. They just indicate Bezos is deeply involved in it. I believe he's still in aerospace as well so maybe this has to do with everything including potential applications that might include propulsion systems or long-term power for onboard more traditionally propelled space ships I don't know I just really found it interesting to see that story uh, scroll by on slash dot there thought it was something that we should talk about here. How excited are you about that fusion? How, how excited are you about who's leading the charge on that? Does it even matter? Would it change the world or would it change nothing at all? I'd love to hear from you on that. Before I let you go today, I want to let you know that if you do want to comment on today's episode or talk about topics coming up on the show, suggest something for the show, as I mentioned earlier, of course you can always email me. I absolutely love and delight in receiving emails at talktous at bakedandawake.com or you can visit bakedandawake.com where you can select the Smoker's Lounge tab, which is in a beta format right now, but functional and which will enable you to leave chat messages for me. It will very much remind you of an old school bulletin board system if you go back that far uh, in look and feel right now. And my hope is to get that environment dialed in and made private and maybe clean up the appearance ever so slightly for like a uh, real streamlined terminal style interface. But whether I'm there or not, when you drop by, you leave your message there. It'll be up until I get back and, and see it. So 
look forward to having you visit me there at bakedandawake.com where you can also click on my brand new web store on the shop tab where you can also find a small selection of cool items some of which were designed by me myself that you can purchase through Amazon Fulfillment and a little bit of each of those sales will come back to me in the form of a commission that we will use to directly support the podcast continuous improvements to the show so check that out anytime at bakedandawake.com I'll try not to plug it too heavily or too often I never have Um, this functionality and feature is new and I added it to my website myself I make all these changes to the website myself and test all the links myself. Please let me know if a link is broken for any reason because I actually need to physically fix it. My website also did get um, some help from my host because HTTPS had been broken on the site for I don't know how long, up until just the other day. Got it started the other day in terms of getting it repaired because it wasn't a problem on, on my end as the client at all. It should have been working and you should see a secure connection to the website now I'm seeing a secure connection to the website now we're back to full HTTPS status and on top of it all if you go into the shop even if you're using the PayPal donate button in both cases if you're trying to help me out by uh, doing either of these things the shop kicks you straight out to amazon.com to complete your purchases the PayPal support button if you choose to uh, support the show that way on a one-time basis you go to a PayPal environment to complete the transaction before coming back to my site so they're SSL encrypted etc same thing for the Public shop if you have ever looked at the t-shirts or the mugs etc that I've got up on Public that I've had up since very early on in the podcast they're a nice secure shopping experience and buying experience but let me know if you have any problems with any of that at all um and yeah that's it for today just keeping it light keeping it quick i've got a lot of stuff on the burner if you haven't seen it already check a couple of my recent live streams on youtube for updates about the podcast and on upcoming content for the show if that's your bag Look for me more live on YouTube and maybe on Instagram here in the near future as well. Love you guys, and I'm sure we'll talk real soon. You know what to do between now and Christmas. Every single day, smoke some indica and do shit anyway.